Hello, everyone. Today's podcast has been recorded before the commitment of Elena Kuhn on Wednesday night. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast here for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren, uh, getting ready to talk a little Rutgers football recruiting. Thanks for joining us um, to help sort everything out and, and get the most insight as possible. Uh, I'm back uh, our most esteemed guest. Um, you guys know him as 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst, Mr. Brian Doan. Brian, welcome back. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And we are in the thick of it with camps and visits, so let's go. All right. You know, Brian's been busy covering, I, I mentioned before, South Carolina to Maine, official visits up and down the East Coast, so I, I know uh, your time is valuable, so we'll jump into it. Rutgers had three commitments um, in the span of a few days. Uh, I wanted to get your I picked take. a good time to go on vacation. You did. He was on vacation. We had all this stuff going on. I was writing articles at seven o'clock in the morning. I think, they, I think didn't they get like four when I was on vacation? So that was good. Yeah, good yeah. You, by me. <laughs> you slipped out of that one, but but we got you now. So first, we'll start off in in, in chronological order. Dante Barone. I know you know the school, the players well. Um, bringing in uh, bringing him in as an H-back. Uh, what do you see out of him and, and with this commitment? I mean, it's not the sexiest position, but but I guess one of necessity in this offense, correct? Well, I mean, geez, I think this would be the position that, you know, the Scarlet Nation fans and board members would, would like the most because it's the Johnny Langan position. Now, mm-hmm. Barone's not going to sit there and take snaps under center or in shotgun like Langan did, or at least I don't, I don't think he's gonna, but mm-hmm. it's a guy who, you know, I, you know, I, I would have been skeptical maybe a month ago in taking this one, but then I went and watched him work out and watched him run routes and catch the ball. And, you know, you're not used to seeing six, three, you know, probably six, two, to be honest, two fifty, you know, really, physical looking guy running routes and making catches 30 yards down the field, but he adjusted to the ball. Well, he, he had good body control. He's a tough nosed kid. He's a, he's a kid that, you know, he just does a lot of things um, that you need DH back to do. You can put him in the backfield and let him carry it for, you know, pound it through the middle. He can block, you know, if you want to use him, you know, as an inline guy, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, in special occasions, you can do that. Um, they need, they, Johnny Langan has carved out a niche in the offense and it's something that Rutgers likes and something Rutgers doesn't have in the program. So you better get somebody who can fill that role. And, and I think this, this does it. Okay. And, uh, you know, that led into, to another commitment that, that came off a, a camp offer, uh, Wednesday, it was the camp Dylan Braithwaite was offered and committed, you know, after receiving the offer announced it, uh, Thursday morning while you were on vacation, <laughs> I might add, <laughs> Hold um, on, Dylan. <laughs> you probably would have been sleeping anyway. And now it was like seven 30 at the board. Well, you know so. what? As a matter of fact, I, I got a text about, you know, that something was going to be coming down the pike probably from, from a source. Uh-huh. And I happened to be up because where I was on vacation, we, we had to be up to travel that day. Um, and so I actually was up. So, yeah. It, okay. It was, it was a surprise. Uh, 
it was I had two kids running around trying to write and talk to interview at the same time. It was a it was a hectic morning to say the least. But <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but but back to you know to to the commitment. Um, you saw him at the uh, I believe it was the Under Armour camp down the in UC Baltimore. UC report, yeah, Under Armour. No, it was UC report Under Armour up at Hackensack High School. Okay, on, apologies. On, on Mother's you, Day, while most people were uh, enjoying Mother's Day, I was. <laughs> giving my wife the present of not seeing her all day by going to a camp. <laughs> well, we appreciate your, your, your commitment to work. Um, what did you see out of Dillard? I mean, what, what, where did this, this commitment kind of came out of left field? Um, it did, but you know, you were, you were at the camp um, the night before when, when he performed and, and was offered. Mm-hmm. He is a speed guy. He ran a four five nine at that UC report, which is electronic. So it's a good, you know, four five nine is a good time. Um, you know, you go back and you look. He's got some impressive fifty five meter times. You know, mm-hmm. in running in New York, uh, I think he finished second only to Josiah Brown in the fifty five meters. And in one of the races I was looking at, I think he ran a. Uh, six four three in the fifty five, which is I mean that's blazing. Now the flip side is he's five nine one sixty. Um, if you're looking for a comparison type, just in terms of size and and speed, I, I think I would go somewhere around the Janorian Grant, mm-hmm. you know, mix. And I, I think Janorian was bigger. It doesn't mean Dylan Brockway's going to return all these kicks and punts for touchdowns. Calm down, folks. <laughs> but now I do think he's much more skilled as a ball catcher than Grant was. Um, mm-hmm. Grant, you know, was that, that was not a strong point. Let's put it that way. But yeah, I mean, he, he's he's a guy that is a slot guy who you want to be able to, you know, get a, coming across the middle and some one-on-one coverage and get some mismatches. And from from the sources I spoke with. He absolutely killed it at the camp, caught everything, was really polished getting in and out of his breaks. Uh, They know that he's going to have to get bigger, but they were comfortable with working him out and getting the commitment. And I know the initial reaction is for a lot of people, well, what other offers did he have? Who did they beat from the Power 5 level? Mm -hmm. But it's not really like that. And I spoke to some coaches about this situation just with them he plays it at um in hicksville hicksville long island mm-hmm. there are not a lot of schools going to recruit hicksville long island because mm-hmm. it's just it's not worth it for him to go for one or two kids now they will for josiah brown because he's a special talent but we're mm-hmm. not there to the 24 class yet for right. for stuff like that so this was the first chance of a school to get him worked out he worked out he got the offer now, if they don't take the commitment and he goes and works out at six other places and gets offered, as a Rutgers fan, do you feel better about the fact that he got more offers but doesn't come to your school? Or do you feel better about the fact that he has an electronic 459, he has an electronic 643 in the 55 meters, they worked him out, they liked him, they figure they need some speed, you know, and he fits the pass catcher role? Or do you, do you feel better about that stuff? What do you feel? What, what you know? So to me, if they like them, then it makes sense to take them. Now, what does that do to wide receiver recruiting? They have offers out. Um, you know, 
DeAndre Johnson is probably going to be a wide receiver. I know Davon Fuse has the ability to play on both sides of the ball. But again, those guys are unknowns. But um, th- does it end it right there? I mean, do you have room for a Jesse Ofuri? Yeah, I think you do. But, you know, when you're talking about Jesse Ofuri, right now he, he's rated at that. But I could see Jesse Ofuri playing linebacker. Mm-hmm. I, he definitely has you know, those kind of traits. He's, he's got some good times. He's got a six, six, one in the 55 meter in the winter, which for a kid, his size is very good time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think a kid like him, you, you bring him in this weekend, you try to see what's going on. Um, you, he's a good kid. Listen, I, I know his brother who went through the process and his coach up there. Now his coach is an old college teammate of Rutgers offensive line coach, Augie Hoffman at Boston college. Mm-hmm. So there's familiarity there. Good kid, good family, smart, um, you know, does not get out and visit a lot of places, is not going to be out there camping a bunch of places. And to be honest, you know, if if you're not an elite kid, usually you go to Boston College. You know, Boston College could get some elite kids, too. But mm-hmm. so a lot of schools aren't going to go up and recruit Jesse. Um, Joe, Jonel Aguero, who's a top 25 player for us as a safety in the same classes at that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so schools have been up to see him, but you know, you're talking about the Georgia's and Ohio States and the Bama's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're, they're not going to be the ones to offer Jesse, but yeah, I, I think Jesse's a really good player. I haven't seen him, haven't seen him in person, haven't watched him live. Uh, I, I do think at the end of the day, He'll move to linebacker, and I think I'll probably wind up switching him to that. Okay, and, and you know uh, they weren't done with the uh, with Brathwaite. Um, that same day, Ian Strong commits. He had another kid who had a good camp, good size, uh, got an offer that night, but kind of was a relatively unknown on the recruiting circuit. Um, St. Anthony's in in Long Island, not exactly a, a hub of of recruiting. I think we got to go back to Scott Valone, if I remember somebody to come out of there. Um, but um, I'm probably sure I'm missing a guy or two in between. But um, you know, fr- from what you you've uh you know intelled about strong what, what do you see there a big long frame uh i was told he had a great workout at rutgers and again this is one of those things where you know i'm i'm probably going to shift his position to linebacker after after digging into some stuff and and looking at him he's mm-hmm. big he's long um you know he plays corner at saint anthony and so and i get why right because at that level, he can do it. But if you look at his frame, to me, he screams kind of edge outside linebacker type. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 190 to 200 pounds. He can easily carry 230 pounds on that frame. And if you are watching his tape, the first couple steps that he takes are really impressive. And he looks like he can get downhill quickly. And then you say, okay. Does he flip his hips? I mean, he can. It's not as smooth as you want out of a corner, and that's fine because, to me, he's not going to be a corner. Mm-hmm. And so can he flip him enough to run and cover a tight end or to get out into the flat on some stuff? Yeah, definitely he can. So I, I think he's a he's a ceiling kind of guy in terms of to, he's got to develop. He's got room for growth with his frame. Um, and – Again, he's not out there going to camps. He wasn't at the UC report camp. There's not 
a ton of film out on them. Um, you know, there, there's so many unknowns. And so Rutgers gets a chance to work them out. And they see enough to say, okay, we worked you out on the first day of June. We want you on board before anybody else can come in and get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see that, you know, you, you go back and you look at Yasid Haynes, who people are like, well, geez, why, you know, he didn't have a ton of offers. Why people offer him? And then Yasid Haynes goes and runs a 439 handheld at Penn State, has a good camp there and gets offered. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, Sometimes you just got to look at the eval and be like, okay, they have more information than a lot of other schools, and that's why they went on them. Okay. Now, you know, uh, loading up on commits, and and, and there's a ton of official visitors coming this weekend and on the 21st as well. We're up into the 20s. What can fans expect from from this? I mean, is it just kind of for most, uh, hey, let me check out the school, the coaches, let me check out the kids, or can we expect some hard commitments out of this? Uh, What's kind of your take on on this uh, first big upcoming weekend? I I think there's a couple different things. I mean, you Right now, there's what probably twelve kids, twelve to fourteen coming in. We'll see how this, mm-hmm. how it moves a little bit. I mean, okay, so Chase Basantis is coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not committing, right. right? He's gonna he's gonna make some other visits. Um, mm-hmm. He's got two lined up after. You know, Rodney Laura, he's gonna make some more visits. Mm-hmm. So so you look at it and say, okay, so you, so you have that stuff, but you know, you, Jesse Afori, Ted Gregor, you know. Dylan Gooden, you know, are these kids that are going to jump on board? Um, they may not have as many visits set up or other visits set up. So, you know, it can depend on, okay, how, how much does Ted Gregor and his family love it? Um, he's a really high academic kid. And I know one of the schools being mentioned prominently with him is Princeton because I believe his family is of Haitian descent. And they're sitting there going, well, wait a minute now. Princeton, you're going to make close to 100K coming out of school there. <laughs> um, right. We really need to look at that, and they don't really care about the football aspect. Right. So there, there's things like that that have to get worked out. Um, going into the weekend, I, I would think you'll get a couple commitments. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to announce it at the end of the weekend. Right. Because the way things are now is, Sometimes they announce and sometimes they need their graphic or their video or this or that. So yeah. I get it. it. You know, it could. But yeah, I, I would expect I expect a few. But if there aren't, I don't view it as any big deal. I mean, it's it's not the way recruiting is right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess leading into the second weekend, I mean, can we still expect a lot of fluctuation with who actually makes the visits and who is at it and who isn't? Oh yeah, I think you saw that with the with the first week. I mean, you already look at Darrell Robinson, who was supposed to, you know, the running back out of Baltimore, who was supposed to visit this weekend, and he moved his visit to the twenty first for, mm-hmm. for, you know, and it's a and it's a midweek kind of gig because Rutgers has a big camp on that Saturday, a big seven on seven passing thing, and mm-hmm. they don't want to be hosting official visitors while they have all these other kids on campus that they want to talk to and see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to have some fluctuation with visits at this point. You turn around and you look at all the kids that committed this past weekend to other schools. Um, 
know, if a kid commits, you wouldn't expect him to be on a visit the next week. Now it happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But you, you wouldn't expect that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, listen, it's recruiting. If you are not expecting things to be fluid, this is not the thing for you to follow. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely unique because this is the first um, time we've seen so many official visits in the spring. It's just an ever-evolving thing. It seems like it changes year to year. Well, I mean, I think last year, two years ago, you couldn't have any because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Last year, you had a bunch because places couldn't wait to get kids on campus. And to be honest, you never knew if it was going to close again. So you got to get kids on campus. But right. now, but now everybody, and, and I think last time we were on together, we, you know, we spoke about this. Everybody wants their class done by the end of July, or mm-hmm. actually the middle of July, to be honest, because they all want to go on vacation. Right. So it's really hard to tell a kid, hey, come here. And the kid can say, well, I need to take an official. Well, no, wait till December to take it. Yeah, but these seven other schools are all telling me I can official now. Right. It kind of it kind of makes you have to host official visits. And to be honest, it's fine this time of year. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll be a little bit muggy and warm at some point. I know um, there's talk of Saturday not being the greatest day weather-wise, but you know, you're going to get that. You know, mm-hmm. when you're talking about different spots in the country, but I mean. This is just the nature of it. Everything's sped up. And now these kids are like, okay, look, you want me to decide early? Well, then get me on an official visit in June. But I just wonder, like, you look at these kids in New Jersey that are making official visits. They're still in school for another three weeks. Or two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. like my kids don't get out until I think September 21st or 2nd, for goodness sake. Ja- so, June, you mean? I mean, yeah, yeah June. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm already wishing they're back in. But anyway, um, um, but, uh, you know, these kids just want to make these visits and it's, it's just kind of, what do you do if you're a school? Mm-hmm. All these other schools are telling me to make it. You know? Oh, you mean, you mean uh, to tell me that Greg can't change the weather for the weekend uh, on Saturday? Not a game day. <laughs> game day is a different story. <laughs> game day is different. Gotcha. Game day, but I'll say this. Game day is a different story and he could get whatever weather he wants. But if somebody plows a snowy field against <laughs> West Virginia Nothing he can do about it if he's in the locker room. Yeah, that was. Oh, I was at that game, right? What, what a, what a boathead move. I remember oh. sitting there going, "Wait, why are they plowing the field at halftime?" And all of a sudden, I think it was Tavon Austin went from uh, doing nothing to I think one of the first plays running down the sideline for eighty yards or whatever for a score. <laughs> Yeah, they should have dumped more snow on instead of taking it off there for that one. <laughs> but, oh, but, uh, last one before I let you go, Brian. The, um, you know, you, you were saying that, you know, a lot of these coaches want their classes done by mid-July. Uh, do you feel like kids are going to start getting, you know, committing out of the fact that they might lose their spot? I mean, things, you know, you already see guys dropping. It, it, there's going to be pressure on these recruits and it might not pay for some of them to wait things out. I mean, we've seen that already with kids who have waited and they just moved on to the next guy. But the flip side is if you're that important and that invaluable. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it it pays there for for guys or kids to have some good advice in our corners, because how many times have we seen guys with 15 offers in June uh, going to a, a, a a FCS school or, or walk on somewhere in, in December. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, all right, Brian, anything else uh, you'd like to add on this on this fine, warm, uh, soon-to-be summer day? Just enjoy the summer and don't stress out about things. Yeah, I think we could take that in all walks of life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Brian, thank you for having or thank you for coming on uh, and thank you for staying with us. Uh, We'll be back again next week with more recruiting talk on Scarlet Nation. Come visit us on the message board, the roundtable. We can talk Rutgers football 24-7. Until then, for Brian Doan, I'm Bobby Darren. We'll 